0: Thank you for joining us today. If you're new to The Rock, we would love to connect with you, and you can text Rock of KC to 816 307 1611 for a Connect card. And a member of our team will be in touch with you shortly. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give safely and securely through our app and on our website at rockofkc.com. Your generous giving through The Rock supports many ministries here locally and globally. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, good morning, church, and welcome to the building. Welcome, those of you that are tuned in online. Hey, uh, I know there are some of you that just absolutely love this moment in time where we turn and greet, and you could turn it into the fellowship hour and not the fellowship second. But others of you are like sitting down and ready to get to business, right? Okay, you're just going to be quiet on me this morning. All right. Well, listen, I am highly capable of supplying my own amens. In fact, uh, someone gave me for Christmas an amen button, and I, I forgot to bring it up and set it here on the table. I should get that out and bring it, so I just, you know, provide my own laugh track and my own amen button. Okay, just we'll go full-scale TV like they do on some of those shows where they, if the audience isn't participating, they just make it sound like they are, and we all believe it. Uh, there we go. Thank you, Michael, for that amen. Love you, brother. All right, so um, I just want to make a comment. I want to thank everyone who uh, prayed for and participated in our Discover Freedom Weekend. Um, we hosted uh, several ladies from Shelter KC, and God just moved in a powerful way, and uh, to to bring down strongholds and lies and bring freedom to people. And so I commend the team, my wife who has that team up, and those who spend time in prayer and making it happen. And uh, God is at work; His kingdom is invading and destroying the works of darkness that the enemy has put deep into our souls, and bringing freedom because the Son of God has come to set us free, and free indeed not just free and, uh, that we say we're free, but we're li- really living in freedom. Amen. All right. So are you ready to get into the word? Yeah. Ready for that word to get into you? Yeah. All right. Cause I'm going to bring it. I'm going to bring it clear. I'm going to bring it, uh, hope, uh, I'm going to be nice, but I'm going to be strong. Okay. And, uh, I'm going to be loving, but I'm going to be strong. Uh, Because the kingdom of God uh, works that way. It's not always gentle. It comes in strength. It comes in power. And I I recognize that some people get louder because they're really weak. I understand that. You know, there's some people that start shouting because they got nothing. And there's others that are just quiet and get the job done. But sometimes it's appropriate for both. Amen. Sometimes it's time to shout. There was a time to keep quiet around Jericho. But then the shout came. Right? And there is a time to do both. And we got to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and not just our preference. Oh boy, I could go start preaching on preference versus conviction. Because we have a lot of preferences that shouldn't be our convictions. Because then you get into cultural Christianity. You get into religious spirit. And you start nullifying the Word of God. I could preach a whole message on that. Probably we'll work on one and it'll come out. may come out now and just do it here and it happen right but so many of us think our preferences uh, we make them our convictions when really they're just preferences and um, it, it just starts getting into all kinds of cultural nonsense and, um, and then religi- re- religiosity and quenches the actual spirit of God and keeps people from the kingdom and so don't be that person understand the difference between your preferences and true convictions that are biblically based Come on now, I'm trying to help us out, help us grow. (laughs) Amen. All right, let's pray. Father God in heaven, we love you. We're here to honor you. We're here to give you glory, to give you praise, to give you thanks, God. We want to worship you on how we listen now. We want to worship you on how we receive your word. Because we know that if we'll receive it by faith, it will bring profit to us and to your kingdom. And so, God, we don't want to be merely hearers But become effectual doers of your word so that we may bear fruit, fruit that you're worthy of, fruit that remains, so that we so prove to be your disciples and glorify you, our Father in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen and amen. You see, I pray that prayer because that's what Jesus said. Jesus said that he wants you to bear fruit and that fruit remains. In other words, it's not here today, gone tomorrow, but it made lasting impact and you're still walking it out. And that proves your discipleship. Just saying that you're a disciple doesn't prove that you're a disciple. See, your profession or your confession doesn't mean that that's really the way of your life. Because your real belief systems are manifest in the way you actually behave. Actually, the way that you live your life. That's your truth, not what you say with your mouth, but the way you live your life. That is the confession of your life. So there's a lot of people that are saying, Lord, Lord. They confess with their mouth, they confess with their lips Jesus is Lord, but they deny him by their lifestyle. And so I, I want my profession and my confession to line up with my profession and my confession. And that's why I have to mix the word with faith and then act on it so that it bears the fruit. Because hearing it alone won't make it happen. That's the first step. You gotta hear it. But then you gotta mix it with faith and then you gotta walk it out. That's where the fruit, that's where the rubber meets the road. Do y'all know where that saying came from? Do y'all know where it came from? You know, the etymology, is it? That's a word, etymology of the phrase, where the rubber meets the road. My understanding when I read it, of course, someone could have been lying, but here's the way I understood it, that when they cut the rubber trees up in the jungles and they would cut them down and load them up and then it hit the road, you know, because that rubber wasn't gonna do any good until it hit the road and got to the factory where they turned that tree into rubber, right, until they made the product. I'm come on now. So, hearing, so, so as soon as we leave this door, this room, you gotta hit the road. You gotta hit the front road with the rubber and 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 turn it into action and be really nice and kind to those people that are gonna wait and serve you. And leave them a big tip, a generous tip, and even and be kind to the unkind, because some of you I got bad service, I'm gonna do anything. Mm-mm. Jesus will go ahead. You don't know what a day, kind of day they're having. You don't know that that gift might turn their attitude. Oh, come on now. Don't <laughs> Be the counterfeit to the culture. Amen. All right. You ready? <laughs> I'm going to take us back to Christmas because I love Christmas. You're all more generous at Christmas time. <laughs> Wish that you would be Christmas Christians all the time. Not just on Christmas. We should be Easter Christians all the time, like every day. I want to I I bring us back to a, a traditional Christmas message, but we should be celebrating Christmas all the time. Luke chapter 1. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. And I, I pray that that is over all of us. That we will hear God say that to each one of us. That we're highly favored in God. I pray that you pray for the favor of the Lord. It's important that you do. Why? Because you need it. I need it. Now, here's the second part. Jesus grew in favor with both God and man. You say, well, how did he have to grow in favor? Because he was a human being. And he if Jesus needed favor, how much more do you and I need it? I need it a lot. And so it's good for you to pray for God. I need your favor. As I, as I go about my life, I want your favor upon my life. I don't want the touch of God. I want the hand of God on my life. I, I want it to stay right here. I want, it, I want the favor of God. And you need favor and I need favor. But I need favor in the eyes of God, and the eyes of man. And we need both. And I pray that you are praying that. Now, here's my part. God, let my motives be pure that I would use that favor to advance your kingdom and not my own. Right? That's gotta be that I want I need your favor, and I need in your eyes and the eyes of man to advance your kingdom. And I need the wisdom to be wise as a serpent, innocent as a dove. I need clean hands and a pure heart, God. And only you can only you can cleanse me and purify me because I miss spots. And so Mary has this word spoken to her. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words. And wondered what kind of greeting this might be. I was re- thinking about that. I said, I, I would not just be troubled at what was said, but that an angel showed up. You know, like, whoa! It's like, I guess it was common. Angels just come show up. But she was troubled. And so the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. You see, I, why I love Christmas. It's not just all about gift giving and the incarnation, as wonderful that is, but it was the it was. The kingdom of God now coming in flesh, the incarnation of God himself coming to where Jesus was able to say, the kingdom is now in your midst. It's not just far off. It's not just a future event. It's present now. And that's why we can experience the the kingdom of God past, present, and future. It is futuristic, but it's also present and God wants us to pray that which is to be in the future and bring down that which can come to come now on earth as it is in heaven. So we've looked at in this series the nature of the king and the nature of the kingdom. Today we're going to look at the nature of the people of the kingdom. So the king and his kingdom, this is the title, the nature of kingdom people. Here's here's the simple thing, just it's one point with a lot of others. But, but the main takeaway, kingdom people put God first. They put God first. Like no ifs, ands, or buts. No exceptions. It's not God plus, blah, 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 blah. No, God first. And what that means is, is that that doesn't even make you second or third. It makes God first. Okay? So it's not like you get a vote in this. You don't get a vote, he's king. I'm not part of a republic, I'm not part of a democracy. I'm part of a kingdom and there's one king and he has a decree and he has a will and I'm to put him first and I'm to pray your desires. You see, as much as I appreciate my country and and the Constitution and these things. Listen, I'm first a citizen of the kingdom of God because I've been born again, and I've been transferred from darkness to light, and I have an allegiance and a loyalty to King Jesus first, not King Jesus plus, King Jesus plus nothing, okay? This is biblical kingdom preaching and teaching, I appreciate Abraham Lincoln and what he brought. I do. I appreciate certain aspects of our history, and I deplore other aspects of our "quote" Christian history. And that, but but let me just say this: and I, I the Gettysburg, Gettysburg Address, where Abraham Lincoln, I mean, his powerful message that these men not die in vain, that their death not be in vain but that we would be a government of the people, by the people, for the people, hurrah. And we go, good. But that's not kingdom. That's American politics. That's American culture. Celebrate it, enjoy it, but don't ever worship it. Don't ever try to make the two the same. You, you've got to understand, they're not one in the same. But we don't—we've got to get a kingdom mentality. Oh, it's quiet in here. But pastor, USA, USA, pastor, America first? No, the kingdom first. I beg to differ with you. Hate me, love me, but there are the cards. Read them and weep. There they are, the kingdom first. Do you want America first or God's kingdom first? Are they one and the same? They're not. And we must not get sidetracked by believing that they are. I like this quote from William Law. If you have not chosen the kingdom of God first... It will in the end make no difference what you have chosen instead. That's a powerful quote, isn't it? I That's like, man, preach it, William. I don't know who you are. I don't know if he's alive or dead. I don't know if he really quoted it, but I like that quote. I didn't vet it out. It's just what I read it. It was on a Christian site. must be true. Listen, here's what I believe. All truth is truth. I don't care who said it think about that. I know some of you don't smoke, but if you had a pipe, you could stick it in there and meditate on it or something. <laughs> All truth is God's truth. Even if it comes out of a donkey. Yeah, I mean, Balaam, you know, the donkey had spoke long before Dr. Doolittle came along. <laughs> Here's what we don't want as kingdom people. Sometimes you got to know what you don't want in order to know what you want. Sometimes God will give you what you want, find out what you really didn't want. (laughs) How many of you had that happen? Uh, I could go places where we won't. Uh, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We don't want that as kingdom people. Amen? We We don't want that as kingdom people. How about this one? Revelation two, four, but I have this against you that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Whew. Where'd it go? Why is it gone? When I first met Jesus, man, I I, I wanted to be I wanted to be in the word every day. I was learning. I was growing when I first became a Christian. What does this mean? What does that mean? Asking questions. Oh, there's church Wednesday night. I want to be there. There's church Sunday night. It's Sunday morning. Sunday. Yeah, I want to be there. You mean there's a Christian concert? There's a Bible study I can go to? And I understand that, you know, zeal without wisdom is not good. The scripture says, but it didn't say zeal's not good. Where did my first love go? Think about your think about marriage or relationships. What happened? What happened to the time we sat before God and man and we spent thousands of dollars in agonizing times of just getting the ceremony just right and having the right dress and, and the right flowers and the right cake and people stressed and fussed and aunt and uncles and grandparents had opinions and they were fussing and, you know, but there are all this is going towards this day where we can sit and stand before God and others and say, I can't imagine life without you. That I'm making a commitment for the rest of my life. Where'd it go? Life, decisions, indifference, stuff, didn't plan, didn't expect, ugly coming out, and refusing to deal with it before God. See, that's called first love stuff. Where's our first love? We, it's not gone it's been abandoned you didn't lose it it says you, you abandoned it you left it. it it's not there and I've, I've seen couples that thought it was, it was gone but it wasn't because they committed to God and they committed to repentance and they committed to letting their hearts get you know why it ultimately happens hardness of heart it's just my heart got hard and I don't care anymore I'm done I'm gonna find it somewhere else. And then you find it and like their heart's hard too. And man, it's like, come on. I understand there are people who are like, they just said, I'm not, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not doing it. I'm gonna be unfaithful. I'm gonna be an infidel. I'm not gonna do it. And I get it. No condemnation. But let's let this not be said of us. Why? you once used to serve you once used to worship you once used to be thrilled to go to the house of god with the people of god and serve and give and witness and give your give and invite others to taste what what's happened let that not be said of us no god i want my love i don't want it to become jaded i don't want it to become cynical I don't want it. I want it mature in my love. I want to be like a little child. The Bible said then, so to become like a child, you have to become like a child to enter the kingdom of God. To become, doesn't be, You don't have to be childish. Understand the difference. A <laughs> child, a simple belief. We're gonna go get ice cream tonight after you get home from work. Okay, I believe that. I'm, he's coming. He's going. My pops is coming to take me to get ice cream. He's coming. I know he's coming. I just he he told me he's coming. I'm, he's coming. So, so I, as a childlike faith, Jesus said, I'll, "I'll return for you." So he's coming. I don't know the day or the hour, but he's coming. He said he's coming. He's coming. So, you got easy believism. No, I just have childlike faith. It's going to happen in his timing. I'm I'm older now, but I still have childlike faith because it's first love stuff. Colossians says it this way, people who put God first, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Think about that. You've been rescued from the kingdom of darkness. Once dead in your trespasses and sin, God came and provided and now he's delivered you into the kingdom of the son he loves. Now think about that. You're in the the kingdom of the son he loves. So listen, love Jesus and love the people he loves. And that's his enemies. (laughs) That's why I don't understand so many hateful Christians. I don't get it. They're not under the king. They're, they're in a kingdom, but they don't understand the nature and the culture of the kingdom. They're not open to it. They're hurt. They're jaded. They're mad. They're ticked off. They're, it's just like, where, what Jesus are you communing with? Help me. He so, said, no, we've been transferred and translated this kingdom of Matt, the son he loves. He loves the son. People, I love Jesus, but I can't stand the church. He loves his church, the whole motley crew of them. (laughs) He's not always approving of their behavior, of course not. He longs for them to repent and do the works they did at the beginning. He does, but he's not giving up. He said, I'm going to build the church and the gates of hell will not prevail. in whom we have redemption. Praise God, we have redemption in Jesus. We've been purchased. The word redeemed means to be bought, to be paid for. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. You all remember the chorus. Some of you do, but that's what happened. He purchased me from my evil, selfish, insecure Ways. I mean, he paid and rescued me from the domain of darkness to come to the kingdom of his son in whom he loves. The forgiveness of sins. The son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authority. All things have been created through him and... And come on, say it out loud. And for him. Who have they been created for? For him. So that means you were created for God. (laughs) You don't get that mixed up. God wasn't created for you. You were created for God. So quit trying to tell him what he needs to do. Quit trying to tell him how he needs to behave and act. Quit trying to demand from him that you get your way. Come on, get this thing readjusted. Your kingdom, your will, your way, O king, live forever. Amen. Yes, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Now, if you find yourself falling apart, you got to figure out what you, who you're believing in, who's holding you. You may be shaken, but the kingdom can't be toppled over. God said shaking will come. But listen, if you are rooted and grounded in love, if you are rooted and grounded in the knowledge and the revelation of King Jesus as Lord of your life, if you, then listen, he's going to hold it together. But when we're falling apart, it's because we're going bat crazy over all the noise that we're listening to instead of the stability and the steadfastness of the God who's got a hold of us and that's the trick of the enemy but he is the head of the body the church Well, I don't need the church I don't need to go to church well first of all you can't So get that out of your pipe, all right, and quit smoking it because you can only be the church. Well, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. Well, then you just don't like him then because he loves his church. He's the head of the church and the church doesn't have a headless body. So you're part of whatever, but it's not part of the church. And you can't say that you love Jesus and hate his church because you can't say you love God and hate your brother. Read your Bible. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So here is the money verse, okay? It's the money verse so that he, that in everything he might have, he might be liked. In everything he might be, considered nice, and everything that he would just be loving. What's it say? That everything that he might have supremacy or first place. Numero uno, supreme. It's like the pastor that I heard say this. He goes, God's kingdom is a theocracy, and my name is Theo. (laughs) it's like well I don't like you're not Theo but anyway you may call yourself Theo and you may act like you're Theo but there's only one king and we're all uh there's one king and we're not king okay and I'm not king Jesus is king and I am a shepherd but I am not the shepherd I am an under shepherd under the shepherd of shepherds you all understand He is king, he is Lord, he is God. This is not Philip O'Reilly's church. Well, people come and say, well, you know, your church, my church, it's my church. Oh my God, we're in trouble. It's my church, we're in deep trouble. We are in deep, deep trouble. Is this my church? No, it's God's church. I'm an under shepherd under the shepherd. He's king, he's Lord, he's God. We all have one mission and that's to hear the king and obey him, hear the king and obey him. That's our job to hear what the Spirit is saying, and let him be Lord and Christ and be led by the Spirit and be filled with the Spirit and to obey Him and to seek first His kingdom. that's it. that's what we're about. Well, you know, but but you're in charge I say well i that's what people think. <laughs> You you don't know my wife, but anyway, no, I'm seasoned. I, you know, listen. Every service, see, I do this on purpose because makeup is awesome. No. Am I in trouble again? I got in trouble last night. Had a good night. I like getting in trouble. Oh, my goodness, yeah. Not I'm not in charge. Anyone ever had a cat? We <laughs> realize how not in charge you are? Dogs, different story, but moving right along. <clears throat> Unless you get a demonized one, and they get a little... <laughs> All right, back to the message. Everyone has priorities. We arrange our schedules, our budgets, and relationships according to perceived importance. True or not true? It's absolutely true. You can say whatever you want with your mouth, but I can come and follow you around and look at your checkbook. I can look at your habits, and I can find out what you really believe by how you're really living. You are ordering your life around what's perceived importance. That's the truth for all of us. Putting God first means we give him top priority over everything else. He is a principal figure in our lives and is central to all we do and think. You can say amen or oh me, but that's the truth. When we choose to put God first, we determine that he is more important than any other person. His word is more valuable than any other message, and his will is weightier than any other imperative. That's my amen button. Putting God first means... we. (laughs) Putting God first means we keep our lives free from idolatry in all its forms. Dear children, keep yourselves from idol, 1 John 5, 21. An idol is anything that replaces the one true God in our hearts. As Gideon demolished the altar of Baal and chopped down the Asherah poles in Judges six twenty five through 27, we must tear down from our hearts anything that lessens our devotion to our reverence or to our reverence to God. And I I hope we hear a hearty amen. Like they got to come down. There can be no other God. No idol. None. Not mama idol. Not daddy idol. Not money idol. Not prestige idol. Not fame idol. Not poor me idol. Like no idol. Come on. They got to be demolished. As Gideon built an altar to the Lord to replace the idolatrous images, we must dedicate ourselves as living sacrifices to God and in that way put him first. Amen? Listen, the Bible says that blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. Now, the word poor in spirit means spiritually bankrupt. Spiritually, Spiritual poverty, I got nothing. And see, that's where we come to God. And we say, God, every idol has to go. I bring nothing to the table. You say, but that's part of the problem. The reason we're not getting fully filled with all of God is because we still think we're bringing something to the table. <laughs> we don't really think we're, we're that bankrupt. Like, I, well, I'm kind of bad, but not that bad. And I I, I need you, God, but but, but I, I think I got some things to offer. It's like, no, I got nothing. Like there's nothing. Not all my righteousness as is a filthy rag. All my attempts at being good. All my attempts at being pure. All of my attempts at being holy. Don't even compare to your beauty, to your radiance and your holiness. So God, I come bankrupt and I am nothing apart from you. Uh, this, is the, this is the attitude, and what do I get to inherit? The kingdom of God. When I come to that place where, like, I got nothing. If he doesn't speak, I got nothing. If he doesn't produce, I got nothing. One man plants, one man waters, but only God can give the increase. Listen, you want to talk about growth? You better talk to God, because all I got or anything that I have is been given to me by God. All, anything, the seed to put in the ground, where'd it come from? God. The wisdom to put it in the ground. Where'd it come from? God. The grace to wait and watch. God. See, I'm telling you. You want to come fully alive in God, become fully dead in yourself. Like seriously, like and every excuse. Those are idols. You know, excuses are idols. Like let Him crush them. Putting God first means that we seek to follow in Jesus' steps. Jesus' life was characterized by total submission to the Father's will, service to others, and prayer. In the garden, faced with unthinkable agony, Jesus prayed, Not my will, but yours be done. That's putting God first. Jesus' words, actions, and doctrine all came from the Father. Jesus glorified the Father in every detail of his life and accomplished all that he had been sent to do, John 17, 4. Jesus taught us to seek the kingdom of God above all else, Matthew 6, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Praise God, it's true, I've, I'm experiencing it. That is, we are to seek the things of God over the things of the world. We are to seek the salvation that is inherent in the kingdom of God, considering that of greater value than all the world's riches combined. Matthew chapter 13, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. How much is God worth? everything how much is God knowing to be be known by God and to know God everything like I'm what are you doing I'm selling it all I'm all in he went all out for me why would I not go all in for him he's the treasure of treasures he's the bright of morning star he is the rose of Sharon he's my conquering God and king listen he's it's buried in the field sell everything you have and buy the field Because you want the treasure, not the field. He's my Sabbath. He's my healing. He's my redeemer. He's my forgiver. He's my joy and the lifter of my head. I mean, He is the treasure. verse 45 again he says in case you didn't get it i want to tell you how important this is the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls when he had found one of great value he went away and sold everything he had and bought it do you know how many people when i actually became born again when I actually gave my heart to Jesus and loved him with all my heart, had a revelation of his beauty and his radiance, his forgiveness, and I knew I was forgiven. And, and the spirit of God was in me. You know how many religious people tried to talk me out of it? Yeah, Jesus is nice, but he's not everything. I mean, I'm talking about church-going Christians, professing Christians. Hey, well, you know, you need, you feel called to ministry. You better go learn another trade in case you need a backup plan. No, I had, I had Christians counsel me this. Like, no, he's the door. There's no other door. I'm going through the door. There's no other door. He said, I'm the door of the sheep. I'm the door. I'm the way. Look, he is, and I like, what are you doing? So you got Jesus plus. Is that what you're telling me? Jesus plus your religion and Jesus plus your thoughts and Jesus plus your bank account and Jesus plus your wisdom beyond his, right? Like, no, no, thank you. He went all out. I'm going all in. Yeah, that's it. He, he went all out for me. How dare I not go all in for him? How dare I not take him at his word? Kingdom people give God the first fruits, not the leftovers. You need to settle that. You need to settle that with your time, your finances, your social life, everything. Like, you need to settle. Like, I'm putting God first. He doesn't get the leftovers. Retirement doesn't go first. My house payment doesn't go first. My electricity doesn't go first. None of that. God goes first. You put whatever percentage, whatever faith level you have on it, but I'm going to encourage you, begin to put God first. Seriously. Seriously. You say, well, I'm part of the Jewish culture and, and our day begins at at, in, at the evening time. And so that's when the Jewish day did. So that's when I give God my first words. Do it for you. If it's the morning, then do it. But just give him the first. Like, God, I'm going to put you first. My flesh doesn't want it. Culture doesn't want it. People will try to talk me out of it. There will be people that try to tell me to bow my knee to Baal. You know, you got to play along to get along, but I'm not of that kingdom anymore. And so I'm going to put you first. You see, the Christian life is characterized by moment-to-moment selfless service to God that flows from love for him and his people. It's not out of obligation. It's not out of duty. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. That how could it be that you, my king, would die for me? How could it be that you, a righteous one, would die for an unrighteous one like me? But you did. And now, God, I don't serve you out of obligation. I serve you out of love. I'm responding to the love with love. My obedience is not out of pure disobedience, it's out of love for God because of his love for me. And I trust that you'll get that revelation. Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. Putting God first becomes easier when we take to heart the words of Romans eleven thirty six. 36. Everything comes from the Lord. All things were made because of him and will return to him. Praise the Lord forever. It's all God's. It's all God's. It's all God's. So I close with these quotes. I love this Tozer quote. As God is exalted to the right place in our lives, a thousand problems are solved all at once. Let me tell you something. Order affects outcome. Get the order right, people. Get the order right. I'm telling you what. Get the order right quit quit rationalizing it away, quit trying to reason it away, quit trying to say, I don't understand. Those are just idols speaking. They're just idols trying to block the kingdom of God from fully invading your life. Say, well, you don't understand why I haven't been water baptized yet. You're right, I don't understand. You're absolutely right, I don't understand. Because it's nothing but an excuse. Well, my parents will be offended because they baptized me as a child and they said, you've already been baptized, you don't need to do this again. But but okay, are you gonna, is tradition more important than God? Is God's, come on, is mama's feelings or daddy's feelings or grandma's feelings or their, their religious upbringing, is that more important than your obedience to God? You just tell me, because you're putting one first over the other. And I'm just here to try to help you settle it today. Settle it today. God first. God first. If I don't please God, it doesn't matter who you please. If you please God, it doesn't matter who you displease. That's putting God first. Your priorities must be. Uh, this is Oswald Chambers. Oswald Chambers. Your priorities must be God first, God second, and God third until your life is continually face to face with God. Coram Deo. Coram Deo. Quit trying to say God, family, and others. That's just that's just man's made way of trying to listen. God first, God second, God first settles it at everything. Come on. Because there are moments that God will tell you, Matt, you are neglecting your wife. Go home and minister to her. Yeah, but I got to go do kingdom work. It is kingdom work, Matt. I'm in charge. You're not. You don't get to order your life. I do. And it's out of order. I don't know. Matt Matt could beat me up three days come Sunday, all right? I mean, he. you don't know his background. I know some of it. I, but I got a guy probably that would give you a good challenge. Over to my left, your right. Okay, so... And there's another one right behind him, so just be careful, okay? But (laughs) anyway, you see all this idea that I'm going to order my life. No, he's going to order my life. I'm the joystick and he's the joyful God. And he's going, I'm going to point you here and I'm going to point you here and you're going to go here. And you say, yeah, but I got these priorities. No, no, no. I'm your priority. And I dictate. Because I tell you what, when my little plan comes crashing down. Well, it didn't happen in the order that's supposed to happen. I know, that's life. God knew all of it and he can handle all of it. Will you put your hand in his hand? Will you let him take charge and be the king of your life? Quit trying to be in charge. Yield to him. He knows best. May this be the heart choir of our God's kingdom people who put him first. Stand with me. We're going to read these verses. We're going to close. And now John was also baptizing it Aeneon near Salem because the water was plentiful there and people kept coming to be baptized. For John had not yet been put thrown into prison. Then a dispute arose between John's disciples. See, that's the carnality man, and a certain Jew over the issue of ceremonial washings. So that's cultural stuff. So John's disciples came to him and said, Look, Rabbi, the one who was with you beyond the Jordan, the one who testified, you testified about, he's baptizing everyone. And they're going to him. So now we got competition, which is of, not of the kingdom of God. John replied, a man can receive only what is given him from heaven you yourselves can testify that I said I'm not the Christ, but am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom stands and listens for him and is overjoyed to hear the bridegroom's voice. That joy is mine and is now complete. And here is the cry I hope that you will have as putting God first and as being a kingdom person in the kingdom that he must increase and I must decrease. Can you say it out loud with me? He must increase and I must decrease. and all of God's people said amen and amen. Bow your heads with me if you would. I want to give an opportunity to anyone who's here right now online or here in this room. If you know in your heart of hearts that you, it, today's the day that you just publicly declare I am putting God first. I want you to lift your hand. Even if you're at home, just lift your hand. And it may be for salvation. It may be for finances. It may be for social life. It may be a number of things. But you are saying today, an idol is coming down and God is being risen to his proper place. You know what it means. Lift your hand. There's hands up all over this room. My hand is up. God, I lift my hand to you. I want you first in every area of my life. Please forgive me of all the excuses I've made. Please forgive me for all my carnality, for all of my natural thinking that's not allowed the inbreak of your kingdom. But God, I want you to break in. I want you to smash every idol like Gideon did. I want those poles and those altars to be destroyed, and I want the altar of your kingdom and your fire to burn by the power of the Holy Spirit and every one of these hands that are. Raised, mine included, in Jesus' name, Amen and Amen. Give Him honor, give Him glory, give Him praise.